Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome back to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you exclusive interviews with talent and creatives from across entertainment, discovering their stories and how they're changing the face of stardom across media. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get to talking. Today's guest is a highly decorated actor who has earned two Primetime Emmy Awards, a Tony, a Critics' Choice Award, and worked across entertainment from the original Broadway production of August Wilson's Fences to the Emmy Award winning The People vs. O.J. Simpson American Crime Story, Lovecraft Country, and Genius Aretha. Today, he is here to talk with us all about his latest project, AMC's highly anticipated legal drama, 61st Street. It's Mr. Courtney B. Vance. It's an absolute honor to have you on the show with us. How are you? Very well. Glad to be here. Thank you, Mom. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, so to start off, uh, we're going to harken back to the early days of your career, possibly before it got started. Uh, can you recall a time, whether it was a performance, a film, or anything that made you feel represented and seen for the first time? I was census. I was, uh, I was nowhere. I was a, a baby. I didn't know upstage from downstage. And Lloyd Richards, I was in drama school, second year in drama school, and uh, I was cast in uh, the play with uh, James Earl and Mary Alice, August Wilson, of course, and Lloyd Richards was our fearless leader, uh, first African-American dean of uh, Yale Drama School and um, master director, and I didn't know literally anything, and they they taught me, they brought me along. And it was the seminal, uh, one of the, my life's seminal moments, um, being a part of their company for on and off for three and a half years. I've seen so many clips of that production, studied it all throughout my college years in, in theater. Uh, and you know, so much of your work, especially in the last decade, has been uh, portraying people from our history, whether it's, you know, attorney Johnny Cochran or more recently, Aretha Franklin's father, C.L. Franklin. Do you feel any particular pressure when portraying someone that really existed in our time? There's always that. I, I'm, you know, because they're well known. Uh, when you portray someone who is well known, you want to, you know, feel that you've, you've, made them live there's definitely that pressure and it the, for me it's how am i going to deal with that pressure and how am i going to approach it and how do i get in mm. that's um that's a very uh, uh tenuous thing because uh, for from for me it's about confidence that i end up where i need to end up on the day in front of the camera or on stage uh, where I am confident and ready to go and feeling that that's me up there. And um, however that, whatever that requires, on um, Johnny Cochran, I, I, OJ People vs. OJ, I made the decision um, based on where I was that um, for my confidence building process, I'm not gonna watch videos. So I didn't watch any videos, footage, I just read Jeffrey Tubin, classmate of mine from class of 82, Harvard. Yay, Jeffrey. Um, uh, to, I was just gonna read, I read his book twice and found a little kernel that I needed and jumped in. Um, and just was, just prayed that the, uh, the scripts were so good 
um, that the, the audience would forgive me any nuance I missed. With uh, C.L. Franklin, I made the decision to, because I needed his rhythm, uh, mm. his preaching rhythm. So I had to uh, listen to his sermons and his sermons, as he was one of the first uh, preachers to actually um, tape his sermons and sell them. Uh, so he was uh, a huge, he was known as the preacher with a million dollar voice, but he was a preacher that made a, a, a million, millions of dollars uh, selling his sermons. Um, so uh, for that one, I made the decision to actually uh, listen to everything that I could of his and read his biography. And so it's just, you know, sometimes uh, I just have to go with what I feel is the right direction for that moment. And though your latest project, 61st Street, is not based on a true story, but given the heinous injustices that we've seen against people of color from police forces, this entire story could be ripped from the headlines. Some might think that it is had they not realized it's based on a novel. So what do you want audiences to feel and take away from the series? That that could be them. That that young man who's on his journey was on the same journey that I was on. I, we lived in the inner city and uh, my parents were able to um, position me in a place to be able to get a scholarship to a private prep school uh, in Detroit, the top one in Detroit. And I did well, was doing well, and, you know, ended up going to uh, Harvard and, and uh, everybody was so excited. And we figured out how we we're going to pay for it later, but we got some uh, student loans and work study and parents took out loans. We worked it out, and, but at any moment that could have been me getting into this involved with the system and then nobody cares everybody assumes you're guilty because of your skin color and they start moving away from you um, and then the, your parents and your loved ones are the ones who forced to try to figure out try to find that johnny cochran or franklin roberts to help their loved ones so um you know it's we all that's the nightmare that we all fear that something like that could happen to us or to one of our loved ones. And we're now, who do we call? Um, now we're, we're wishing we had, uh, we're nicer to that person that was, uh, you know, an attorney or, you know, who knew somebody who knew somebody. And that's why, you know, we always, in our family, always strive to um, be nice to whomever. You never know who's an angel and, as you're in your life at that time. And with the character of, uh, of Franklin, were there any particular challenges with this character that you maybe didn't face with uh, others like Johnny Cochran? Um, no, uh, the, the challenges uh, were a, a technical challenge, which is I, I have, you know, I'm in every scene just about. And uh, in addition to that, I, I've got, um, this is a courtroom part of the, the process is a courtroom drama, which means I'm, I've got to be, uh, I've got openings and closings and cross eight page cross examinations and, you know, three page closings and three page opening. I, so, you know, it's just the sheer volume of things that I've got to try to get, uh, you know, be, be the master of so that I don't slow down the process. And I'm just grateful 
that uh, I was able to get a, a, a system in place for myself uh, so that uh, I could uh, keep us all on on track and on on point to to make our days. So hmm. that for you know the and with these projects with doing these these uh, these uh, uh, television limited series, you know it's all the same. You have a limited amount of time, maybe ten, maybe you know nine days to do these episodes, and, and you know fifty pages, fifty five pages, a lot. And, um, you know, uh, it, you, you have to have a, a way of working that allows you to be able to still be in the moment. But uh, when I finish one scene, I got to get ready for the next one or during the weekends, get, you know, the week's scenes down. So when they come up, I say, hmm, I know that scene. I, oh, yeah, I remember this. One. OK, I'm good. I'm good. So uh, it's a continual process of, you know, getting ready for the next week's work for the next episode's work. I'm curious if you miss theater for the for having that one story, that one script, and having a few weeks with it before going into performances. I I, I do. I miss it, but you know, theater it brings its own challenges. It's you know you have the the play to pull you through, but you have to do it every night, and sometimes two uh, two times a day, once in the a matinee, then an evening performance, but. It is the repetition. Part of that is that the repetition of it is the is the comfort because you all you got to do once you once the, the you all have gone through the process of the the uh, the rehearsal period in this rehearsal hall and moving into the theater. That's a whole ritual move into your dressing room. And that's your space. And, you know, then the previews begin, and that means you're you know the craziness of one one performance you entered on the left stage left the next performance you're coming from the audience and the next day it switches back and then take this scene out and put this so you know um but you have to go through that that madness that frightening time period to to open up and you know you you become a unit and a family and you know it's it's a it's a it's a true it's a thing that that if you haven't gone through it the the madness and the frighteningness of it you have to do that to get to the other side to be able to say, I did that mm -hmm. and I know how to do a play and I'm not afraid of doing a play and not afraid of a rehearsal period and not afraid of not knowing, knowing that eventually I'll get there. So it's a, it's a process, the same kind of process with doing a, 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 a film was a different kind of process. Doing a soap is a different kind of process. And if you've never done something like that where you got 40 pages of dialogue you got to get down every night it's you know it's 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 a thing and people who know how to do it it's a it's a gift it's a, it's a uh, um you know it is a real it's a real um challenge um but all of them are are the same in that they're, they're all talking and listening so whatever you you do film tv um, limited series, you know, soaps, commercials, it's all talking in this. And uh, so on our podcast, uh, the show is called Multicultural TV Talk. Um, we always have the conversation of uh, inclusivity, diversity, uh, and representation. So in regards to that and authentic storytelling, how do you feel that the industry has changed since the earlier days of your career to today? Well, there's just the sheer number of of, of projects and sheer places 
for those kinds of projects to be done, there was there was no, you know, Hulu. There was no Amazon. There was no Apple TV. Um, there was a couple of vehicles. Uh, Showtime was there. HBO was there, and maybe a couple more, but that was it. And the rest of it was network. Mm-hmm. So you had there was just a limited amount of places where you could there would be opportunities, and the networks had the had you over a barrel. And, um, you know, they were the, you know, if you got a network uh, TV series, you were set. But now there's, there's many, many places where people can work, which means there's more work. Um, is it the perfect environment where we can, you know, our projects are, are done and stories are being told by us for us? No, no we're not there, there but there, there's a sheer volume of different places where we can storytelling about people of color is being done on a regular basis and we can pitch our projects and people are interested in in hearing our projects, Uh, you know, so um, it's that part of the business is very exciting. Um, And uh, the next step is again, controlling our destiny, being uh, behind the the cameras and, and green lighting projects. And, you know, that's slow, that's a slower burn. So um, I'm, I'm excited about uh, where, we, where we've come from. Um, you know, we, each generation should push the, the envelope a little further. And uh, I know from, you know, folks of uh, James Earl Jones and Mary Alice's generation, and I'm where I came in onto the scene, myself, Forrest Whitaker, Lawrence Fishburne, Angela Bassett, all of us are the next generation. And, I know they marvel at at where, you know, the the business is now, and uh, the the focus for me is where where we have to go. And uh, just before we wrap up, uh, if you could go back and give a young thirteen year old Courtney any advice, what would you tell him? Uh, stay the course. You know that that was my, that's what I did. Uh, you know, I, there was no um, for people to call. You know, I was at Harvard at the time, and they were in the Office of Career Services, and you were supposed to go to these drawers and pull out, and there were, you know, Dewey Decimal cards in there you could scroll through, and there were phone numbers in there and addresses that were old, and, you know, nobody lived there. And so it was, you know, a waste of time. But now they have, you know, you can get to people, you can find out, uh, you can ask questions of, of alumni and of, of uh, actors. You can go online and see scenes. You can go YouTubing and see plays. You can, you can, there's so much, you can do your own uh, movies with your iPhone and, you know, attachments and your, your mini crew. And so it's, it's whatever you want to do, get in it, get in it and do it. And, uh, Stop sitting back waiting for people to tell you what to do. If you're passionate about something, find a way. Mr. Vance, thank you so much for joining us today. I cannot wait for audiences to see the show. Thank you, Mr. Wong. Folks, do not miss the premiere of 61st Street, Sunday, April 10th on AMC. And for all of our reviews, interviews, podcasts, and more, you can head over to MediaVillage.com. Thanks for joining us. I'm Juan Yala, and you're listening to Multicultural TV Talk.